Hello, and welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard, alongside uh, none other than John Tesh. John, how you doing? Hey, I'm uh, living good. Yes, I don't get on the other side. All right. I, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been just, uh, I've been running into a lot of old disc jockey friends of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a lot of them, they they, they sort of got, uh, and they were. I, I was never really a disc jockey. I was a news guy, right? So um, I had to have I had a normal voice, but I, where did that come from? I was just going to ask you the same question. I, I, I because I, ever since I was listening to AM radio before FM in uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, I was like, "Hey, let's get on all these." You actually do a good invitation. It's time. It's it's time to turn so you don't burn. I've got hits coming at you all afternoon long, so don't touch that dial. It's, I don't know why they talk like that. Why is that? I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, well, I, I think it's coming back. I wonder if it had to do with the way that the way that AM was broadcast. And trying to add, oh. and try, like it was a combination of things. Like it was a. Oh, I know what it was. It Go, was ahead. A, a Go ahead. Fa- a f- when, when the wireless became pop- popular, it was a way of of getting that low end frequency into the voice because yeah. they couldn't yeah. add it. Sure. And then and then and then you know, guy number one is doing the is doing it, and the radio broadcast makes it sound a little bit like that. And then guy number two grows up hearing that, uh-huh. and so oh, sure. yeah, yeah, so then yeah, he yeah, gets yeah. on the microphone. Yeah. He's got to make it sound like that. <laughs> And then guy number three, who was a kid listening to guy number two, he's got to go even more. Oh, strike three, you're out. And then all of a sudden, it sounds like something out of a Simpsons cartoon. No, but I know what I think I know what it is because I remember somebody telling me something. John, you need to get more smile in your voice. I think that's what you're doing. It sounds happier. Yeah. yeah oh, I'm so happy I'm, to be out I'm the air right now. Watching you do it, and, and you, you have a, you have you look really happy. Well, the, the, you, you look like. Uh, uh, whatever his name is, uh, in, Guy Smiley in, from the Muppets. In the uh, in 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 the what was it? What's the guy's who who was? Uh, <laughs> um, I promise we are going to do intelligence for your life in no, a second. No, but but who who was the guy that who was Fire Marshal Bill? Oh, <laughs> Jim Carrey. That's what it was. Okay, I got it. Oh my gosh, I would never make it through uh, Jeopardy. They wouldn't wait for me, would they? There's a little timer. <laughs> they don't, it's, it's not it's not a personal thing. It's just it's a fixed time. So listen, I'm very interested in this because I have been through this. Uh, our uh, Gibbs guest is Dr. Ryan Noel Fraser, right? Yes. And he says Fraser, not Fraser, right? You're correct. Okay, but uh, it's it's about he has studied clinical depression, yeah. right? He's a counselor, and and, and, and um, di- dysthymia. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's dysthymia. dysthymia? But basically, basically, that's periods so, of sadness, right? Right. So clinical depression is a, a neurochemical problem in your brain, and if, and if you have clinical depression, you know, and you're and you're and you're getting treated for that, that's great. You need a um, psychiatrist, somebody with an MD, to prescribe medication for that clinical depression. That's like a lower level of serotonin and or right, dopamine in, right. in your in your brain, and and needs needs a um, a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. But then there's something that I think a lot of us have, and that is the dysthymia. And that is just just sadness. That's huh? a, those are blue periods where yeah. we, we oh, get yeah. into a funk and we can't break out of it. And it can last months. It can even last years. But it's slightly different from can, clinical depression. So we really spend a lot more time. And again, if you have clinical depression, uh, these little hacks like oh, exercise more are yeah. really are really. I mean, they're great things to do, and I absolutely recommend that you, you do might these need hacks, medication. But you yeah. that these do not supplant your medication, and this does yeah. not supplant your your uh, your time with with a psychiatrist. The uh, but if if it's dysthymia, these little tips and hacks are are phenomenal ways of breaking out of it. And 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 we he goes into it, but it's things like uh, exercising uh, regularly, uh, making sure you're eating the right foods, getting plenty of sleep. You know the the things that we talk about literally every day on, yeah. on these programs. So this is going to be great because I can't wait for this because you're you, you say that um, you're going to discuss depression in modern life from the causes to the symptoms, and you know we can connect this. To well, what Jordan Peterson talks about all the time, which is you can you can uh, connect depression ultimately to malevolence, right? Which can which which is causing you know a lot of the problems in these uh, you know violence in yes. uh, in in schools and and, and dissociation I, from what you see other people right. putting on social right. media versus what you right. what you it's, oh, there gosh. creates an envy from it's that deep now 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 he's listed as a licensed clinical pastoral therapist. Yes, so he is a pastor. But also is a licensed therapist, and so he is able. He is a clinician. He sees patients uh, as a psychologist. Um, he just does it in a in a pastoral context. So he is. Uh, he's got a lot of. Uh, he's got a, br- a wide breadth of experience. Um, but he does see patients, and it is. Uh, he is. He is a psychologist. So, do you, was there ever a time when you feel like you were you were depressed? Oh, I, dysthymia is definitely. Is definitely something that I that I that I deal with, and and I think you know for me, 
what we, and this, we talk about this in the interview for me, I have, it's cyclical. So if I'm going through a period of malaise, I don't want to exercise, even though the exercise is the thing right. that'll break me out. Right. Right. I don't want to seek out friends and spend time yeah, with right. them, yeah. even though that's the thing that will get. So it, so it begins, it begins to um, spiral. So I don't work out, which makes me sadder, which, which brings my mood down, which makes me less likely to want to work out. And then it just kind of like this feedback loop. And I don't want to see friends which, and I don't want to talk to people, which makes me sadder, which makes me mm-hmm, less likely mm-hmm. to want to, you know, so it creates this downward spiral uh, and breaking out of it's really tricky. So, yeah. Um, well, I think that's, I think it's interesting because I, I have found, I'm, I'm usually a pretty sunny guy, Yeah, but it's, but I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what the sadness and the. And I, I refused to believe that when I was going through treatments for cancer, mm-hmm. that what I had was depression. And Connie kept telling me, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're depressed. And so I went to Doctor Galen. And Doctor Galen wanted to give me, um, Wellbutrin. Yes, yeah. which is a dopamine enhancer. Right. It helps the dopamine come out. Right. Um, and I just didn't want to. I didn't want to take that because I was afraid of the side effects and all the rest of that. But. It, it, it was a, it, it didn't last as long as some people's depression. Like my sister, Mary Ellen, mm-hmm. who's no longer with us, she, she was, she ended up in depression, uh, you know, back in the night, like 1967, 60, or well, even younger than that. Right. Right. And that was before they ac- actually had, there was no antidepressants. Right. So, well, well, lithium. Uh, had, yeah. But that was, that was, for, that's for, um. Yes, they had lithium, but that's great for if you're bipolar. Right. So if you're just right, clinically right, depressed, right, right, right. lithium just kind of it, yeah. it can be a little. But so my parents didn't know how to deal with the situation, right? And so they just went to the hospital, mm-hmm. and so they put her in quote unquote right. a mental institution right. back in the day, which is you know, mental institution had the same stigma as I'm getting a divorce back right. in the middle right. '60s, and so they they gave her a shock treatments. Yeah, and and actually those are coming uh, coming back apparently, but. But um, I know this. I know that we we wanted to talk about some some intelligence for your life stuff. But I think this is important because uh, what's what we're about to hear could end up putting people back on the path of uh, of of getting cured. Because well, I refuse to believe that I was de- depressed. But the 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 thought of of having an ending date right to my right, life, which right, I was right, given, right. I was given like right. eighteen. Well, we we can give you eighteen months. It's not saying you're going to die at eighteen months, but we're not going to promise you any more than right, that. Right. Of course. Uh, and then the and then the chemotherapy and then the androgen deprivation therapy and you went through all of this with yeah. me, um, and it was I just I didn't know how to get out of it. Well, and, and I couldn't exercise really. I right, tried right, but then and then and you added all of that. So you have the if you had just gotten the cancer diagnosis and not had to go through the treatment, it would still be depressing. But then add to that all of the chemical changes that 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 cancer treatment puts through your puts your body through. There's no question that yeah that that's. That's that's I can't I can't even imagine how uh, that, I would put that on a totally extended above this level of of depression than that than most people ever experience. So that's that's really hard. Well, I know that there are. Uh, I mean, I've been through some some health issues, and one of them was a. Uh, you went through this with me too. Was a you know was a back. A, a back a real back problem, and I and I was in a wheelchair, and I, and I was I had uh, really bad neuropathy, but I spent. Um, I don't know, maybe three or four times in a pain management hospital. Right. By just going in to get like they were they were they were experimenting with a uh, an epidural, right? Uh, right. Like a cocktail, a steroid right. cocktail, which didn't work for me. Right but, into your spine. But right. But I'm I'm sitting in the waiting room with people, feeling sorry for myself, of course, mm-hmm. right? Because I couldn't get out out of this pain, and I'm meeting people who have been in pain, Gib, for twenty five and thirty years. Yeah. And and I just. And you know, and they, they, of course, they were depressed. But I was thinking, what, what worse uh, diagnosis or, or condition for for you for 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 trying to deal with depression than just having chronic pain? Oh, look, okay, so we are going way off topic here, but um, I do want to. That, that's that's why fentanyl was invented. Uh-huh. So there's this. There was a legitimate uh, doctor who was experimenting with opioids. Uh, to try to make a more concentrated version of morphine for exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. I didn't about. know this. That unbelievably chronic pain. And he created this very powerful um, uh, opioid mm-hmm. that we know as, as fentanyl. Right. And, and, and it, 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 it is targeted and it is, it's faster acting than even morphine and it is more powerful than morphine. Right, which is the problem. I think it's like a uh, hundred times more powerful yes, than morphine. I've heard, I've heard this. Yeah. So it was a phenomenal drug for what exactly what you're talking about that kind of chronic life altering pain. And then uh, they just lost their lawsuit, Johnson and Johnson, with right. the um, 
opioids. Yeah, yeah with because the, they oxycodone, they, right? They made a patch. Well, no, Johnson Johnson lost because of fentanyl. Oh yeah, okay. uh, and they make a fentanyl patch. They bought the company that this guy started right. that makes the patch that you can put on that deals exactly with that. The problem is it's so powerful that it uh, it blasts it. It, it can kill you because right. it's so potent. Sure. If you don't, if you don't have a clinician next to you giving you this stuff, mm-hmm. it's a, so that's a big reason for the for the opioid crisis. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm and, I'm just really excited about uh, about this interview, and, and I'm, um, and I, I wanted to just you know set it up by saying that you know you've just heard Gib and I both talk about the depression that we've been through, and and um you know I, I, overcoming the blues is the name of his his book right so why don't yes. you set it up and then yes. we can talk on the other side okay so this again uh interview with with dr ryan fraser uh overcoming the blues is a book we're going to talk uh all about the the things well basically how to overcome the the times in your life when you're feeling less than optimal when you are uh when you are going through a period of sadness and how to break that up and, and some and again like john mentioned like we mentioned some of the root causes right before we do that though uh, a quick word from Weeder Artery Health, and then right into our interview with Dr. Fraser. Hey, it's John Tesh here to tell you about Weeder Artery Health. If you're concerned about maintaining your heart health, I urge you to check out Weeder Artery Health. It's crucial to maintain healthy and flexible arteries, and that's where Weeder Artery Health comes in. It has clinically researched key ingredients like vitamin K2, which is hard to get enough of from food alone. Weeder Artery Health uses MenaQ7 as the source of vitamin K2. It's been clinically shown to help transport calcium to your bones. Weeder Artery Health also includes an ingredient called Aronia Berry, which improves circulation and helps maintain blood pressure by keeping arteries flexible. Proper blood flow is your lifeline, and I want you to live a long and healthy life. So grab a box of Weeder Artery Health. I get mine at Costco for the best value, and you can too. Or you can visit Weeder.com. Go to Costco.com or Weeder.com for Weeder Artery Health. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Dr. Ryan Fraser, uh, author of the new book, Overcoming the Blues. You've got a lot of clinical experience with depression. Uh, you've got a lot of a, a new understanding of depression. So, so first and foremost, thank you for your time today, and thank you for being a part of this. Well, John, it, I mean, uh, Gib. It's okay. We're both we're both we're both a part of this. It's fine. Yes. Hey, it, it's awesome uh, having this opportunity. I've I've been looking forward to talking with you uh, guys about some things that I'm very passionate about, and uh, hopefully make a difference, a, a real imp- impact in people's lives, especially those that are are struggling with different what I call shades of the blue. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, right? Because I, I feel like, and, and, and maybe you have some insight in this. Oh, I'm banking on the fact that you have insight on, in this. But uh, sure. I feel like uh, depression or, or, and, and things about, and things depression related, I mean, things on the spectrum of depression, whether it's seasonal effectiveness disorder or whether it's real, like low serotonin, low dopamine, you know, good old brain chemical depression, I feel like it's on the rise. Now, you think that's either. Do you think it's a result of our society, or do you think it's, uh, or do you think it's because we're getting better at diagnosing it and understanding it, or is it a combination of both? I I do think it's a combination of both, but um, you know, over the last uh, six seven years, we've seen just a, a skyrocketing in the the diagnoses, um, especially among millennials, and so right. um, it, it's kind of fascinating uh, to see that. But I, I think that. That some of that can is, we blame Facebook? Because uh, I would love to blame Facebook. <laughs> I, I I believe that uh, social media does does play a significant role in uh, people playing the the um, comparison game. And, right, right, and living that facade or, or trying to put forth that facade that that really doesn't match the the reality of their their 100%. life. Right. No, I I agree with that. I mean, I I, I log in and I you know, go through like two other, other people's vacation photos. And the next thing I know, I, I feel terrible about myself, you know, and, and, and I know here's the thing. And we keep reminding everybody this, like what people post on social media is their best, right? It's their number one. And you're comparing that to like a, a regular mediocre day of your own. That's going to make you depressed because you're like, man, my life is not as good as so-and-so's. Why do I not have that life? I, I think that's very true. And I, I see a lot with um, with different forms of social media. Also, what I'd call an addiction to it. Oh, a hundred percent. That is uh, definitely exacerbating the the issues with um, all different 
levels of, of depression, whether it's dysthymia on the, the mild side all the way up to uh, bipolar major depressive disorder. So wait, wait, uh, dysthymia, uh, uh, give me some, what, what, what is that? And what are the spectrum elements of this? Yeah, uh, well, dysthymia is, uh, I, I guess you could call it low-level um, melancholia that, that's there. Um, it's, it's persistent for months, if not years, but it, it wouldn't be what we might call full-blown uh, major depressive disorder. So it's, it's uh, folks that struggle with this are um, uh, definitely functional, you know, from day to day, and then they, they do their jobs and take care of their families and uh, et cetera. But um, they've got this un- unshakable sense of, of the blues. It's not just periodic, it's, it's chronic. Mm. And versus versus the the more neurologically the more neurochemical based like bipolar disorder and then standard clinical depression good old fashioned clinical depression <laughs> that that's right yeah the, the types that are we'd say more heritable or or genetic uh, based passed down from generation to generation it seems and um, I, in my practice I, I see a lot of that one of the first questions I I ask my clients um, revolves around just the the, the history of uh, mental health issues or depression in their their um, family of origin and typically there's some there is a a connection mm. and do you, do you think that people are are more how do I put this I mean yes for sure like if you have a history of depression in your family I, I've definitely I've got mental illness in my family which explains a lot about my personality. Um, but, and, and so I, you know, I try not to like do the self-fulfilling prophecy thing and think like at some point in my life, I'm going to have issues. Um, but, uh, so I definitely see the irritability of it. Um, but do you feel like stigmas have changed to the point where people are so much more comfortable talking about it? And that's why we're seeing a lot more of it now. Like people, I I mean, I, I know that my generation is so much more willing to admit to and seek out therapy than previous generations. Yes, I, there's a lifting up of the stigma, and it's it's even it's changed. Um, Gib, over the last five years, I, I've seen a change, and I, I work on a college campus, and uh, visit other college campuses, and see you know where among eighteen to twenty two year olds, um, it, it's almost at at times it's almost as if it's in vogue to have some sort of right issue right. and. You, you see the emojis and different things that um, that are used that just uh, definitely have uh, are serving to destigmatize the issue, mm-hmm. and that that's a good thing and a bad thing, you know. But it has um, uh, it has the the result of, of folks just being more willing to talk about it and, and and come out, you know, about their their issue, and we've seen a lot of celebrities like pink and, and others that are are talking about anxiety and and depression and um uh, which i think is 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 healthy um so that people don't have to maintain this uh, conspiracy of silence about these issues and i think that's i think that's a net benefit i mean that that, that in my opinion so we talked uh, about five minutes ago about the implications of social media on depression but I think that that's that's actually a, a great side of social media is that you can find and seek out and get information about a lot of other people who are going through something similar, and you may not feel so alone in the process. That's right. It, it's a uh, it, it's somewhat of a a support group, or, or can be, um, to serve in that way and just and give give ideas and and people share their their struggle, their walk, you know, with with depression, with the blues, and and. Um, find support and uh, and realize that they're, that they're not alone in this, that there are other people out there that are um, dealing with some of the same types of struggles. And, and in a good way, I, I think that um, that gives hope and, and gives a sense of, you know, there are, there are some things that I can do mm-hmm. to, to, um, to work through this and to maybe not shake it completely, but at least, uh, allowed to be more more manageable from day to day. And, and everybody goes through, I mean, I, I, may, I, I would actually have to assume that there are a handful of people that never experience this because, uh, you know, they're just their statistical likelihood that some of them exists is just too high. But I think for the most of the most part, most of us have a moment or a period of our of our lives where we go through 
this sort of uh, I, I forget the the term you use dysthymia, just dysthymia, dysthymia. This period of just general malaise that you were talking about. Like I, I mean, I gotta assume everybody who's hearing me right now has had some sort of time where that where that's the case. Um, and and I feel like also our willingness to talk about it has kind of made that a little bit. Um, it's made it it's made it a little bit better and a little bit more uh, made us made it clear that all of us go through that sometimes. So I feel like sure. that's the thing that we can kind of tackle. Not, I don't want to say on our own, but without necessarily without having to turn to prescription medication and going through uh, the same rigmarole that that uh, clinical depression requires. So what are some things, some tools that we can start to pull for ourselves for that dysthymia? Yeah, I, I think, you know, with, and I would just call those bouts of the blues, you know, just the, the, the run of the mill blues that, that we all as, as human beings seem to struggle with at, at points, um, uh, maybe situationally produced issues and, and such like. But um, I, I typically talk in terms of what I call the big seven. And as I as I've done research and and thought about different aspects of um, of the blues and and how um, how to to manage some of these things, um, I've thought about such things as and so I'll just name them quickly. All right. So first, you've got the the medicinal the medical dimension that need, needs to be attended to. There's number two would be uh, physical exercise. Mm, um, that that for me is a, is a big killer. That's 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 huge, and I've noticed this with my own. I um, mean, you know, my struggle um, has been more with anxiety-related mm-hmm. issues, and sometimes with with uh, depression. My wife, and uh, she's in my book. She's very open. Um, we share a lot of, of stories just about her walk with with clinical depression. But uh, we found that physical exercise definitely, redu- you know, pushes out this feel-good endorphin chemicals. So that's a, a part of, of the, the pie. Uh, what we eat, you know, mm-hmm. having a well-balanced dietary plan, very important. Number four is is just our, our recreational strategy. I call it a recreational strategy. So things that we do to take a break, to, to rest, to, to relax. Um, five would be uh, meaningful spirituality, whatever that is to you, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, Scripture reading, meditation, uh, serving others, and, and I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. Um, six is healthy relationships to self, to others, to to God, and then existential concerns. So I, I think sometimes folks uh, don't allow themselves to to think about issues such as personal suffering or mm. or their identity or their life purpose. But um, a, a heavy focus, a, a heavy um, emphasis of the book is on serving others and how through through serving um we're able to to uh shift our attention of ourselves um to find ways to to really make meaning in our life and make a difference in the the lives of others and uh, so i see depression or i see these um the bouts of the blues as really serving as or potentially serving as a catalyst just to be more aware of, of the suffering of others around us and tapping into that uh, that built-in radar that, that that we have to to reach out and to um, to serve um, whether it's mowing somebody's grass or or uh, helping with child care or uh, fixing their car or sending them a card you know, whatever it is, uh, someone that is is struggling because people, people are hurting, and um, right. in our society, it's it's tough. Yeah, I, I, so so let's let, let's dive more into that. So, what what is it about? I mean, we've talked on the on the radio show a ton about the benefits of volunteerism and how it gives you it gives you a sense of purpose, it gives you a sense of being needed, uh, it gives you uh, it gives you community. So you get all of those aspects usually when you're when you're volunteering. So is, is that it? Or is there some other, is there some other neurological component that I'm missing beyond just those kind of, I, I they're not superficial, but they're, they're kind of prima facie. They're, they're, they're first look concepts. Right. Yeah. But when you think about, about serving some of the, the, the things it does in the process, especially if there's some phys, a physical aspect of it, 
you're exercising while you're serving. All right, so so it has this. Uh, right, this you're, specific, if you're filling food bags, you're you're moving. You're moving more than yeah. you would if you were watching television. That, that's right. So you're up. You're you're doing. You're involved, and and that is going to have um, neurochemical effects. Um, and even through uh, through community, as you've said, um, through uh, reaching out, reconnecting with with people. Um, I don't think we ought to minimize the the power that 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 can have. Just um, as not, not as not being just a um, a band aid type of, of remedy, but a a strong antidote mm-hmm. to um, to depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 and I've definitely experienced that. Um, I, I want to go back uh, to the exercise component because for me. I don't want to say that's the biggest one because I think volunteering, like we just talked about, is is probably should be and and is one of the bigger ones. But um, I find that how do I express this? That like from there's almost a like a negative feedback loop with when I when I'm going through a sad or a difficult time where I know that um, I know that that working out and hitting the gym or going for a run will will be the best thing. But it's but on the days when I'm having the worst days, it's the hardest day to get to the gym. It's like uh, I know I need it, but I don't have I don't have the energy to get out and do that. Is there is there a way to overcome that disconnect? <laughs> I'll tell you what what I've got. I've got a 21 year old daughter that calls me every morning at 530. Good for her. And, I would be uh, I would be really annoyed. I would be I would be regretting having kids if that happened. You know, uh, but she calls and uh, her name's Olivia, and uh, she is a great encouragement to me. So now even this morning, uh, going to the gym, and we usually work out for about an hour and a half, about mm-hmm. five days a week, because I I know that um, that I I need that, and I think. You know, if you've got a partner or somebody that mm-hmm. you out with, you can mutually encourage and, and be that. Um, uh, I, I don't know that 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 support or that that push to to get out of bed when we really don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm all about having, you know, not not necessarily just doing it alone, but but having folks uh, that that we. Um, Collaborate with and uh, encourage each other because, yeah, um, on those there are those days that um, you don't want to do it because you're you're feeling low or feeling right. um, just uh, uninspired or or just feeling down. Yeah, I mean, and, and so so the 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 best the best solution is to have a buddy. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, so. I, I we all we all don't have twenty one year old daughters who are so motivated that they. Uh, when I was twenty one, I was not getting out of bed at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, but the, the, you know, we don't all have twenty one year old daughters who can call us at five o'clock in the morning and get us to go to the gym right. with them. Right, we, we we don't. But most of us have have got a friend or, or somebody mm-hmm. um, would like to go walking with us, or um, that's you know maybe trying to lose some weight or uh, just has a. Uh, some type of motivation to right. get out and, and whether you're doing the elliptical or stair stair stepper or you know, lifting weights or mm-hmm. swimming, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get that buddy to get you out of the blues, get, out get of the blue that, time. Get that, get that buddy. And that's part, that's part of, in my book, I speak about uh, reconnecting, you know, mm-hmm. and I think um, one of the, the, one of the most dangerous things for someone that's struggling with, with depression is a sense of isolationism, right? And a sense of being I'm just all alone and and nobody cares and no one you know uh, knows knows what I'm I'm going through. How do you start to break those cycles? I and mean, we've kind of touched on them loosely, but but we have two cycles. Like one is the the exercise. I don't feel like exercising, even though it would be the thing to break me out of this cycle. So I don't exercise, which makes me more depressed, which makes me less likely to exercising, and and also. There's the there's a socialization cycle. It's like I know that getting out and seeing friends would make me feel better, but I don't have the energy, or I'm too depressed to get out of bed and go and and go see a friend, and which makes me sadder and feel more isolated, which then makes me less likely to go. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like a yes. it, how do we how do we break that cycle 
because again, you know, the, the solution can't just be you have to have a buddy because not all of us, sometimes we avoid the buddy. Sure. Yeah. I, with my clients, I've noticed that um, small changes make a, a big difference. And so um, I often operate from a solution focused mm-hmm. approach in mm-hmm. my counseling practice. And uh, if, if we can, if we can find um, just one or two things that, that somebody can tweak mm-hmm. initially, mm-hmm. So that they don't feel overwhelmed and even feel more guilty or more right, uh, more disparaged, you know, because they feel like they now now I'm really failing because I'm not you know working out or doing uh, eating mm-hmm. right, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, the point is not to not to overwhelm ourselves or overwhelm others, but to just find two or three things that that, that we can tweak that we can commit to, and then um, have. Of course, self accountability to that, but maybe also have have an accountability partner or, or others that can uh, that we can encourage to to stay on track. Whether mm-hmm. it's um, whether we're talking about diet, we're talking about service, or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's that old saying that the devil's in the details. Right, for sure. I you've heard that. I, I like to say that the solutions are also in the details, mm-hmm. and um, small. Small changes affect a a huge change, a huge impact over over time, and so uh, in in the in the book I, I try to to be I try to bring things down to n- not over simplistic level, but yet simple enough that it's this is doable. This is something that I can sink my teeth into and and commit to, rather than again feeling overwhelmed and feeling like I've uh, I've just totally failed. Are you familiar with the like small victories uh, thing with with the, the, all these like David Goggins and these Navy SEAL guys talk about where you uh, who's the I forget the name of the admiral that uh, the Navy SEAL admiral that that wrote a book too where you make your bed first thing in the morning like you give yourself a small victory uh, yes. and then we had Charles Duhigg on the show he talks about Keystone habits where you start to create these habits that are easy and sure. and that that then perpetuate into other habits. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not overly familiar with it, but I've definitely heard of of um, you know this concept on, on small victories, and and um, I I believe that um, uh, that's definitely a an approach or a strategy that folks dealing with with the blues can can incorporate, so that you know with with each small victory that that builds self esteem and a sense of confidence. You know that hey, I can if I did that, I can maybe do a little bit more yeah. rather than having a defeatist um, attitude. And one of the biggest mistakes, um, people that, that are struggling with more severe levels of depression is to to bite off more than they can chew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in, in the book, I talk about respecting, you know, respecting your limitations. You've got to realize you do have limitations on, on energy, uh, maybe uh, willpower at times. And so understanding that, you know, there's there's only so much I can do, but there is something that I can do. Right. And and by uh, by being proactive, uh, that that just builds hope and that builds uh, a, a sense of, again, uh, confidence. Right. Where you have you have the if you can get those small victories, you can you can start to see like, oh, maybe I'm not as. I mean, I, for me, like I, 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 when I go down a rabbit hole, I, I struggle with feelings of worthlessness and and um, unimportance and and, and uh, what's the what's the way to phrase this? Like uh, an inability to affect my my the outcomes of situations where I'm just sort of a victim of of circumstance, and and that that really perpetuates the point where I'm I'm demotivated to get things done. Um, uh, so how uh, one one is am I am I an outlier in that or is that something that you're seeing a lot of and uh, and two you know is there something besides the small victories that you think would help undo some of that? Uh, I think um, you're not an outlier. <laughs> <laughs> good, good to know. I'm 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 not too much of a freak. I, I think I think you're you're not certifiable yet. Okay, but but uh, you know there is um, there is a a, a common. Uh, sense part of the human condition that you know we 
we tend to be our own worst critics mm. and tend to uh, beat ourselves up and, for uh, sure. you know, emotionally and and uh, for all of our, our imperfections and our, our failures, but uh, definitely not, not healthy. And we need to find just more positive self-talk and, and ways to to recognize our, our, our value. Um, uh, of course, I'm, I come from a, a uh, as a believer, I'm uh, just, you know, recognizing that, that, uh, God loves us and that God created us and, and that, uh, we have, we have purpose. So, uh, yeah, so there's, there's that aspect. Tell me, remind me again, the second part of your question was, so, so one is, am I an outlier? And two is, is there anything else we can do to start fighting some of those, those, those loops that I was talking about uh, beyond the small victories thing, or is, or is that the best method? That's a, that's a big question. Um, I, I, I believe that, um, you know, just reminding ourselves and, and having, besides the small victories, having some things that maybe we, we write down or jot down um, about who we are. So at, at the end of each chapter, there's a, what I call a blue task, mm. right? A blue task. And, and those come in different forms. Sometimes it's, it's serving others, but sometimes it's uh, remembering to take care of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, one of the very first tasks has to do with this, this idea that I am more than my depression. Mm-hmm. So rather than letting depression define us uh, totally, recognizing that there's there's so much more to to who we are, right, mm-hmm. and, and what we mean to to other people and what we're capable of, and right. so I encourage uh, people to you know get a sheet of paper or a note card and and write down a number of things that 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 they are. Besides depression, and not to minimize or trivialize that particular issue, because depression, from a cognitive behavioral uh, approach, is one of the classic symptoms is distorted thinking, mm-hmm. and um, so we've got to find ways to to replace that distorted thinking, or to take that that negative self talk and 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 really dispute it, right? Dispute right. it, right, right, right. Here are things. Here are things that prove that that's not accurate. That's not. That's not right. And even to maybe ask some other people, tell me some things about me. That, oh, that's interesting. That you see in me that um, you think are are positive. That you think are are special. That makes me makes me unique. Besides just the the issues that I you know struggle with. Right. Right. Uh, mental health. You know, it's funny is, is uh, I mean, you're not the first person to talk about the importance of positive self-talk. And I think, again, okay. you know, we perpetuate it with, with social media as we see somebody else and then we see ourselves and we go, well, I'm not that and that would make me happy. Therefore, I'm not happy. So I think, I think we perpetuate with the negative self-talk. But my joke that I always say, and it seems to be kind of true, is it's Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live where we look in the mirror and just say you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. I can't believe how many people with, you know, of your ilk with, with PhDs and books out and all yes. kinds of stuff are walking around going, yeah, look in the mirror and tell yourself that you're good enough. And that's, uh, that's a big first step in the process. And, and you know, obviously like, uh, Al, Al Franken, uh, was, was onto something. That's, that's right. Without a doubt. Um, you know, we, we internalize, uh, all the, these voices and things that, that others have said about us or that we've said to ourselves mm-hmm. and we need to dispute that. We need to, uh, combat that and, um, and realize again that, that we are somebody of value. We are someone that, that can make a difference, a, a positive impact in, in other people's lives. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's important. I think also it's important to remember that when we're having, when we're out of our own depression loop, to go to the people that we really care about and remind them of how great they are because they may be experiencing depression that we don't even, you know, and, and I, I, I know, I know we've, we've been using, I've been using the term depression interchangeably, but we're talking about this general malaise, not the full clinical inheritable depression that we were talking about at the beginning. This is, right. this, these are those, these are those blue periods. The, the other kind, uh, you know, you need to be 
talking to a, a, a psychiatrist who can prescribe you medication and, and help you deal with that. But I'm talking, we're talking about these kind of blue periods. And for those uh, that I think almost all of us have, have experienced at one point or another, I think we could do, we could do a lot for ourselves by, for each other, by reaching out to people and, and just reminding them how great they are. Yeah. A little bit of encouragement goes a, a long way. Yeah. And, um, and people need, uh, even our bosses, you know, they, yeah. they, they need to be reminded, you know, that, um, that what they're doing is, is good and, and is, is positive. And so many times I think, um, we, we live in a very selfish, self-absorbed culture, um, that forgets, um, to, to positively, positively affirm others and, and, and build, build people up because, um, we all need that. I, I need that. You need that. Right. And um, wh- one of the ways that um, is ca- that's different in uh, in my approach. My my wife and I, over the years, we've developed this this color code to to gauge the the type of day, particularly that she's having. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, the the color code it's 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 simple. Right. So there's sun a sunshine yellow day. There sunshine yellow day is a day that you can. You feel like you can keep up with your daily responsibilities and still have room to smile, and you know you might even be able to take on a some type of creative task, and uh, you're you're grateful, you know, to to God to see maybe things more clearly, right? So that's sunshine yellow, a great day. The next day mm-hmm. is a sky blue. Sky blue is a, a manageable day. Right. So on a manageable day, you you can sense the the shadow of of depression nearby but you still can uh, you know as you look at look up you can see the sunshine peeking through the clouds and, and you're grateful that you're able to to function for your family and your friends and take care of of, of every day's responsibilities yeah, just not not your best day but not, not a bad day not not a bad day but but a, a manageable day and then yeah. the next day is violet blue and so violet blue is a hard day so everything's getting a little bit darker having trouble getting done what needs to be done for yourself or others. You're, you're sad. Maybe you don't know why you're sad. Uh, sometimes it's hard to breathe. It's hard to uh, get, get moving. And maybe you even notice your body aching and, and struggling to accomplish the day's task. So that's a, that's a violet blue, a hard day. And then finally, uh, my wife, Missy and I came up with this idea. Actually, I, I wanted to call it, um, midnight blue but she she vetoed me she said no it's not midnight blue it's dark indigo oh dark indigo day is an impossible day it's a a day can't get out of bed that's right can't get out of bed you're uh the the simplest of tasks uh, just seem insurmountable yep overwhelmed right right so this would be the 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 darkest shade of blue Mm. before everything goes black all right so right We've come up with these these wristbands, and depending on the type of day she is having, I I might wear a wristband too, but it corresponds with with each of those days. And so wow. I I know a little bit, I have a better feel on you know how I can respond to her, and and you know what she needs on on that day and what she does not need. Wow, that's uh, so, ingenious. Do you sell these so, wristbands that we could all uh, <laughs> we could all get from your website or something? <laughs> Believe it or not, we do. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay, I was kidding, but that's great. Yeah, we, we do. And uh, we've actually, um, for for people from a Judeo-Christian uh, background, each each uh, wristband actually has a scripture that corresponds, you know, with that type of day on it. So it, it's it's kind of cool, but but it's, it's a way to, um, again, um, not you know, not to feel so isolated and, yeah. and to communicate a lot without having to say anything. Well, and I, right. you know, I, I feel like it gives you a tool like you just described. It's a tool to communicate to the people closest to you. Hey, I'm having one of these days and I don't necessarily have the energy or the ability to, to express it in words or to reach out, but I'm going to put this on. And if you see it, you'll know. I mean, I think that's genius. I think that's yeah. great because well, again, I- you know, these, like I talked about earlier, I feel like there are these negative feedback loops when it comes to these blue times where where we create circumstances under which we feed back into our depression or, our, mm-hmm. you know, into our blue times. And and um, people aren't necessarily aware that we're going through that and don't know how to reach out and help you undo that. That's right. Yeah, I, I think a lot of what what we can do is to 
to help educate our friends mm-hmm. and family. Mm-hmm. You know, th- this is what would be helpful to me. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so uh, it it brings it back into to this the sense of of community, the sense of um, um, interrelationship, and realizing that uh, we're we're all in this this uh, thing called life together, and and we need each other. Uh, we we need to to help each other get through the the good days and and the and the not so good days, the the hard days. Yeah. I think that's ingenious. Uh, I, I, I know that your time is valuable, and I, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do know that you treat, you believe, and I agree with you on this, in treating depression holistically in your practice. Uh, you have sort of three areas that you emphasize, and for those of us that uh, maybe don't have access to you on a regular basis, uh, what are those three areas, and how do you treat depression holistically? What does that mean? Yeah, I... I um seek, you know, the, I call them the three R's. The only difference with these three R's is that they actually begin with R, unlike reading, writing, and arithmetic, which don't. <laughs> but, um, the, but the first R is um, starting out by recognizing, recognizing God's abiding presence. So, you know, for some people that might, that might be a higher power, right? But mm-hmm. Recognizing that um, even though you you may feel like like God is a, a million miles away, it doesn't mean that God is. Right. Um, uh, Psalm thirty four eighteen says the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and mm. saves the crushed in spirit. So you know it, it's um, that's a, just a powerful verse to me. So so the first R is that that recognition and and reminding ourselves, you know that that we are not. We're not invisible to, mm. to to God. God God sees us. God understands where we're at. the The second R is uh, is that uh, reconnecting, you know, by reaching out to others. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's where that uh, communication with others, like we talked about the wristbands, and but then also the serving aspect is, is so mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And and serves a uh, serving fulfills a lot of of different, as we've talked about, a lot, lot of different um, uh, needs, you know, in that process, both meaning making, you know, you know, giving a, giving me a reason to, to get out and, and do something, but also um, recognizing I'm doing something valuable and making a difference. Right. Mm-hmm. So and then the third R is, is again, respecting our limitations and realizing mm-hmm. that, um, we uh, we need to be realistic. Um, I, I used to, uh, I had a, a professor a number of years ago, he's deceased now, but he, uh, he, would, he would always say, um, he would say, reality is your friend. Reality is your friend. His name was Dr. Charles Seibert. Um, and what he meant by that is, uh, you know, we need, we need to live in reality and realize mm. we're finite and and not um, have unrealistic expectations right. of of ourselves and right. of others. Right. So, so I try to work within those those areas, and then uh, bring in the, the the big seven, as I described earlier on, as as being um, each each part of that being being mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, uh, I, I feel like I've taken up a lot of your time, and I and I appreciate you, Dr. Ryan Fraser. The book is Overcoming the Blues, uh, and it's available while you're hearing this. It is available as of the broadcast of this episode. So uh, go ahead and check that out. Link to where to buy it in the show notes so you can go ahead and pick yourself up a copy. Uh, Dr. Frazier, when people, uh, if people want to follow up with you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, the best way is through my website. It's ryanolfraser.com. Okay. And uh, we'd love to love to connect and um, find ways that, uh, we can we can build an army of yeah. of, um, of individuals that are, are battling against this together, and yeah. uh, we're not in this alone. Link to the website in the show notes. And one last thing that I ask everybody on the show: uh, What is something that people can start doing today that will make their lives a whole lot better? Hmm. That's a that's a great question. Um, I think just one simple thing that that we can do is is just to recognize our inherent value that uh, just because we we uh, feel maybe uh, that we're we're letting letting our family down we're letting others down mm. because of our 
inability to to function at a hundred percent being able to affirm the things we we do um, contribute and uh, you know maybe just coming up with a short list on hey here are two or three things that that I, I am doing or, or can do today to um, to make a difference and and to feel feel worthwhile feel valuable I love that Again, uh, the book available in the show notes, available today, Overcoming the Blues. You guys can click right there and get it. And uh, Ryan, thank you so much for your time today, man. Hey, Gib, thanks. It's been a, been an honor talking with you. And uh, thanks for sharing some of your own uh, bits and pieces of your story, too. That's that's uh, encouraging to me. So I, I appreciate you. Thank well, you very much. I'm glad. I'm, you know, I feel like we all experience it and, and, and whatever we can do to undo the stigma that we feel and to admit that, you know what, we all have bad days. We all have bad times. We all need other people's help sometimes, I think, is, is, is valuable. Amen. I, I believe that. Thank you very much. It's been, a, been an honor being on the show and I uh, look forward to talking some more. Well, give another, gosh, how can I describe it? Another useful podcast interview. And I, what I love is, is when, the, when, you, when you do an interview with somebody who you could pass this podcast on to somebody because, you know, a lot of times when you have a friend who is going through depression and you're trying to get them out of it, right? It's yeah. just, it's just you don't, we don't have the tools for right. that. But if you said, hey, listen, you might like this right. interview. And that's what uh, Dr. Fraser is all about, uh, finding ways to communicate to your friends who are going through a rough time. Reaching out to them is great. And also uh, the, the bands that he talks about in the interview where you can, if you have, if you have somebody you're close to, you can wear a band that shows what kind of mood you're in that day to help them understand how to interact with you. And that's it's super useful. And and, all, and if you, they don't have the band on, just assume they're having a bad day and, and say something. I think your daughter would like that. Oh, I, I know <laughs> she would. Who's in the studio right now. Anyway, that's it for our show today. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow up with us, facebook.com slash John Tesh, at John Tesh on Twitter, at John Tesh underscore IFYL on Instagram. I am Gib Gerard, facebook.com slash Gib Gerard, at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. I uh, try to respond to every DM or comment because you guys are, are the reason we do this show. So thank you. Hey, I've been experimenting with like a hip hop thing. What do you think about this? Cool, that, huh? uh, that makes me a little nauseous. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to take my headphones off right now. <laughs>